With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. At Staples, we have the experience and expertise to keep your facilities clean and safe with over 5,000 professional-grade facilities and cleaning products in stock every day. And with next-day delivery available to over 98% of the U.S., you get what you need when you need it. Our experts can help you solve tough challenges, too. They average over 15 years of facilities experience, so you can be sure they understand your needs. That's the Staples Business Advantage. Sign up at staplesbusinessadvantage.com. Hello, on this episode, we're going to be talking about FIFA 22. Having actually got hands-on with the game, Japes and I are able to share our thoughts on it, give some insight into the new features and plenty more besides that. We'll also talk about Pez eFootball and the impact that might have on FIFA. I'm your host, Ben, and you'll hear all that and more on this week's Foot Weekly podcast, brought to you by our supporters and available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Let's get into it. Hello, welcome to week 42, I think it is, although that isn't important because it is a FIFA 22 early build hands-on special made possible by the Game Changer Network. So thank you very much to them. For now, let's get into this and introduce our first guest, YouTube legend, Airjapes FIFA. Welcome to the podcast. Happy to be back here on another podcast. It's exciting to have gotten the chance to dabble with the little FIFA 22, which you know, I suppose it's, it's it's when the summer starts to get a little bit exciting. And I think we're 70 days away, mm. 60 days away. I don't know, somewhere in there from the launch of the new game. Yeah. And I know you didn't get to play too many games, but just give us a little taster of what we're going to be talking about. How did you find it just at a very top level to start things off? You know, oftentimes, and I've talked about it before on the podcast, when EA has changed over from a generation of consoles, the game improves a lot because they can do a lot more. Like there's a there's a limitation on what can be done just based on the, I guess it's the computing power or what, whatever it is of the old generation. The new generation opens up a lot more things. So I'm really, really optimistic. There's a lot of things that I felt uh, are encouraging and exciting about what I had the opportunity to play. But, you know, mm. that said schedules are busy and i perhaps didn't get to play as much as i would like but fortunately ben on the other hand was able to really really dig in so i'm going to be curious to get your thoughts today ben yeah no it'd be interesting and uh, i did put in quite a bit of time i was surprised how compelling it was to play especially just being offline kickoff but i put in I don't know eight hours or so and i have to say i think a lot of people having heard that it's offline kickoff will think, oh, well, you know, how do you read anything into that? But the point here is to discuss 
the new features, many of which people won't have heard about elsewhere, some of which you have, of course, and I can make a bit of an assessment on how they feel in the game. But I would, of course, say that it's hard to know about things like balance, not playing against human players. But let's get into the rest of our introductions. We have with us Hubert, who's a top 100-ish player and a pod community member. And of course, um, was on that podcast we did looking at the FIFA 22 features they announced last week. Um, welcome back. Yeah, happy to be here. Excited to be talking about FIFA 22. Um, from what I've seen, looks pretty exciting. And I think we're about to get some more details, so it should be good. Yeah, looking forward to getting into it and we'll introduce our final guest, another regular who is, of course, also a commentator, your World Cup final commentator, Richard Buckley. How are you doing, Richard? Yeah, very good. Thank you for having me back on the podcast. Mm, yeah, and I know you haven't been across this stuff, but I've seen the rumours, right? Sort of plastered all over social media regarding the game. So yeah. Now we've got a, a reputable source in Ben who's going to be giving us all the lowdown. Looking forward to it. Yeah, and it is important to caveat. This is offline, of course, as I said. Uh, the same goes for Japes too. We have experience of playing the game offline before release in the past, so can compare it to that. And actually, I recently played some Icon Swap Squad Battles games on Next Gen, partly to give uh, a sense of the comparison between offline on FIFA 21 and FIFA 22 Next Gen. Another important thing to say here, actually, is that a lot of people think that well ultimate team has very different gameplay to kickoff for example but the gameplay producers have come on the podcast before and explained that that isn't the case it's actually just the massive stat boost you get from ultimate team chemistry styles from chemistry that makes people think that and it was actually a significant barrier for developing the game because they were building a game for kickoff with much lower stats than people were experiencing an ultimate team because of those chemistry boosts. So what they did, and you can see this in the menus, is add, uh, and you can disable it if you want, as add a boost to players in kickoff as well. It's on by default, and that almost emulates chemistry styles to some extent. And uh, I was playing with a team full of icons on kickoff with those boosts, and it, it did feel very comparable to you know an end game squad in ultimate team. In terms of what we're going to talk about, it's mainly going to be about highlighting the gameplay features that have been implemented, how they work. There are a lot of really interesting elements added to the game, and that's what this is about because the balancing really is yet to come. Yes, we'll be feeding back about the balancing particularly, um, but it isn't something that's worth talking about here because it's likely to change. We may allude to it, but it's not really the focus. There's lots to talk about beyond that anyway. And I'm afraid I'm going to end up talking quite a bit, probably contrary to popular belief. It's not something that I particularly like doing, and it's more about the guests normally. But um, I guess we'll start with some questions, and we'll go to you, Richard, first. Well, what would you like to ask, first of all? I mean, one of the first things, the the big slogan made by football, the, what was like the the big change from... 21 to 22 like what what can you feel what's different like as soon as you pick up the controller what's jumping off the off the screen yeah no interesting question to start with and a good one i think ea tend to do that quite well the fifas have a visual distinction which is clear and i think when you compare for example fifa 21 old gen gameplay to fifa 22 next gen gameplay the difference is pretty huge and even comparing offline fifa 21 next gen gameplay to offline fifa 22 next gen gameplay it, it really was noticeable the ball physics 
and particularly the next-gen exclusive stuff. And, th- and this is really the only stuff that is next-gen exclusive. Better motion of the players, the way they move and interact with each other in collisions and in aerial battles is noticeably, really noticeably improved. And also the uh, overall visuals, you know, the the particular way actually that players, when they have the ball at their feet, move more fluidly and don't do this semi-skating thing to try and compensate when the touches they've taken don't quite put them in the correct position for a shot or pass or to do a skill, for example. So it does look and feel a lot better, even offline FIFA 22 versus offline FIFA 21 next gen. That improvement won't be clear, I would say, on old gen, if you're playing old gen FIFA 22, but pretty much all the other things we're going to discuss here are going to be in old gen FIFA 22. So uh, bear that in mind. Japes, do you have anything to add there in terms of you know initial impressions? I would say that's a pretty good summary. I think I'll give like my general take like as a whole. I think, you know, being a former center back myself, defense actually felt like better in some ways. Hmm. Players were like smarter about how like recognizing how their teammates were moving defensively and adjusting accordingly, which is I think is encouraging. And there are a few things, you know, I've talked that are obvious that I've talked about on the podcast, having the ability to change, whether it's build up player chance creation, having different tactics that you can adjust for that to me is a major, major win there. Mm. The first time skill moves for me, I'm going to hold and reserve judgment because I'm very concerned about how that might end up being used. But, you know, as a whole, there's a host of different instructions and anytime you can add more instructions in the game for specific player positions. I think that's a good thing. Um, so, you know, I had some fun mm. playing with those, but uh, you never really like I, yes, we were able to test it with some higher stats, but like you never really know until people start trying to like break the game, because I would say that you and I, Ben, we're not trying yeah. to break the game as we play. We're trying to see what it feels like as a simulation, you know, of our favorite sport. Yeah, because not playing against humans especially is the biggest thing. In the beta, perhaps you'll be able to work out what things may look a bit too strong. But yeah, really hard to know against the AI unless, of course, you're talking about things that are for beating the AI, which we may talk about. But Hugh, do you want to hit us with your first question? Yeah, so on the previous pod where we discussed some of the high promotion and like the new features, they talked about how teams kind of move more as a unit and you know that they kind of have that awareness of each other and japes kind of touched on that as well that you know it seems like players may be a little more understanding of where they need to be but how did you feel that impacted tactics like when you started changing tactical styles i know there's some different build-up sliders and different options there so did you feel like there was a big difference in how the team moved together or is it similar to fifa 21 and past games where like if you say press after possession loss and everybody's just pressing. Well, yeah, so they did change it, as you said. I don't think it's going to be absolutely massive in the sense that some changes to the game are, but it is noticeable visually and I think it will have an impact on gameplay. Hard to tell, not playing against human players, what kind of an impact that's going to have, but it looks more realistic. The players seem to position themselves more intelligently and the way that they move across the pitch has a sense of them being a unit but also individuals it's kind of hard to explain so it does look good one of the key things though tactically is 
the granularity now of the width depth tactics. So you can do one to a hundred rather than one to 10. But also the thing that Japes mentioned last time as being a big thing, build up play and chance creation. They're two separate things rather than just one offensive style. Build up play has the exact same options as offensive style had. So, you know, you've got things like uh, long ball, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, possession is now called slow build-up. And then the chance creation options are a bit different. So you've got balanced possession, forward runs, and direct passing. So what I actually found quite useful, and it'll be interesting to see how this pans out over time, was having the build-up play set to fast build-up and then the chance creation set to possession because it felt like it gave me some counter-attacking opportunities if I moved quickly, but then as the opponent got set, switching into possession seemed to help in terms of moving the ball around my opponent and getting those short passing interchanges and things like that going. So I think that's a real positive. Another good thing people are going to get good use out of, I think, is the step-up instruction. And basically what it does is even if your fullback, centre-back is on stay-back, which of course centre-backs almost always are, people often put full-backs on stay-back, you actually have the defender stepping forward to receive passes and especially in the wide areas this was quite noticeable whereas join the attack might leave you too exposed and stay back doesn't give you much help step up meant that I was getting some support from my fullback but he wasn't over committing I think it could be something here that's a lot of fun to put on center backs as well if you're creating some kind of different or unique tactic yeah it sounds really good especially for like you said like recreating realistic tactics and I think just gives more options I mean we talk about how sometimes so many players play exactly the same way with you know the copying tactics so if we can get more variation with the slider numbers and then also like step up stay back stuff like that I think that'd be great yeah yeah and also actually the other instruction that they've added is something that's already on most forward players but they've now made it so CDMs can free roam and drift wide I was actually thinking I don't know Hugh is that something you could see being useful for tactics you make because it wasn't something that leapt out at me as being particularly useful but any ideas welcome as to how you use that yeah I definitely see a use for that I think that in real life football a lot of teams don't defend and attack in the same formation like it's it's not like in FIFA where you play 4-3-3 when you're attacking and when you're defending a lot of teams will play like very fluid styles like uh, Leipzig in the Bundesliga for example they'll defend in a 4-2-3-1 but then Weimer will play right mm. defensive mid but then he'll kind of overlap like a wing back and attack so I could definitely see that being something like get forward drift wide something like that that you can recreate it rather than having to play him as like a right wing back and five at the back which isn't really accurate the, the one thing I want to add there too is like what I'm hopeful that it ultimately translates to is the players like Tony Cruz are oh here we go um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's the every year, right? Every year we get hopeful, but I'm hopeful that like uh, maybe players that have high football intelligence that a free roam tactic like this on a holding midfielder is something that comes into play Mm. and that they end up getting into really, really good spots or they're constantly open uh, and showing for passes in great areas to, you know, relieve other players that are in tight spots. So an instruction like this makes players that are, you know, true like pivots and are able to spray passes all over the place and are really, really intelligent with their positioning, both defensively and offensively, that there is there is more room for players like that in the game now. Yeah, yeah. And actually something that I wanted to add here, which 
was something that I fed back about across the year and maybe even did last year as well. You'll like this, Hugh, and, and probably Japes, actually. I think you both played these formations, but you know how the 3-1-4-2, it was just like really weirdly set up in the menus. Like you couldn't mm. tell who was the left mid or center mid or center mid or right mid. And then also the positioning on the pitch was really weird. And there was a couple of other strange things about that formation. And the same with the 4-5-1, the cams and the right mids always did like really weird things. They didn't really interact properly. And the same with the striker. And this actually is something that's fixed. In fact, the team that had all the icons in it that they'd added was set up in the three one four two, um, so straight away I was like, "Wow, they've they've fixed it!" And um, yeah, it's it's yeah a ton better and and actually a very useful formation to use in terms of its like solidity, having that pivot player and and it feels really nice. So I think that's going to be something that people will probably enjoy uh, trying out uh, next year. Uh, let's come back to you, Rich. Any particular follow up questions you'd like to ask? Don't need to be tactics related. Actually, we should probably move on to something else. I saw a lot of people talking on social media about like different stats and. Obviously, my yeah. my incentive went straight away for those post weekend league screenshots of uh, we've had twenty three shots, sixteen on target. But is there now an XG as well for even more yeah, people to get yeah. annoyed about after the game? There certainly is. Yeah. So actually, does anyone want to have a go at explaining XG? Because whenever I mention XG, I know it's something that people know a lot about in the football world. But I can uh, if you want. You, I know you, this is something I bet you've explained to people before. What 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 is it? Yeah, it's essentially, and it, it can be interpreted differently by different stat sites or clubs or things like that. But essentially, it's what chance out with one being the highest of like an absolute dead certain tap in from the goal line. What chance out of one would you expect a typical player to have shooting from a spot? So if you're shooting from the halfway line, it's probably like 0.05 or 0.01, something really low. A penalty is usually around 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8. Obviously, sometimes that's not very accurate and people can sometimes read into it too much so it doesn't necessarily mean that because you had a higher xg that you should have won it just means probably that the chances you had the places you were shooting from were more likely to produce goals but obviously as you get top players who can score from more difficult angles if or if you have a player who misses a sitter then maybe you might feel hard done by but it doesn't necessarily mean who should have won it's just kind of a reflection of the chances that you had yeah, exactly. So it's much better if you're posting those rage screenshots than shots on target because shots on target could be from way out and uh, not really going to trouble the keeper or or be a good chance on goal. So this will make it clearer when you should have won, but you didn't and it was just down to finishing. Um, but the interesting thing to point out here is the breadth of stats that are there. There's just so many and uh, it's way more in depth. There's passing maps shooting maps there's there's just so much stuff i mean there's even average slide tackle distance and all of that well at least some of it i'm looking forward to getting added to the foot track app for fifa 22 uh, it's going to be really insightful to look at that over a longer period i think on that though we'll take a break and we'll be back with more fifa 22 features and insight in just a moment at Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. So you'll have probably heard before that Foot Weekly is made possible by our supporters and that could be 
anyone. It could be you, for example. But it's also Shane, who's the founder of Mystic Jerseys. Shane's a long-term supporter of the pod, and he's offering 15% off to Foot Weekly listeners. What that means is if you're Europe or UK-based, for just over £30, you can get yourself a mystery box containing a random football shirt, which could be from a range of different clubs and nations around the world. One of the really good things about it is that you can send a message with your order saying that you wouldn't like a shirt from a particular club, presumably a rival club. And you can also specify which particular colour too, uh, in case you know, it's not going to suit you. So if you would like to take advantage of that, you just head over to Mystique Jerseys, which is M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E, and then jerseys.com, and then you can use the code FOOTWEEKLY, so F-U-T WEEKLY, to get that 15% off. A huge thanks to Shane and Mystique Jerseys for supporting the pod, and of course to all those supporters out there keeping the podcast going, and you can join them too over at bit.ly slash more pod. It's just £3 a month for double the content, link also in the description, and if it's something you end up doing, a huge thank you, really appreciate it, and it keeps the pod going, as I said. Right, let's get back into part two. Welcome back after the break. I've still got with me regulars, foot legends, Airjapes FIFA, esports commentator Richard Buckley, and top 100-ish player and Foot Weekly community member, Hubert, who's going to start us off. What do you want to get into next? One question I had um, was regarding the speed boost. I know in the trailer that came out yesterday, a lot of people were talking about how it's very similar to the directional nutmeg. I guess EA's counter that to that would be that now defenders can also speed boost, so you can hopefully not just get blown by. Um, but did you get a sense that this was something that's similar to the directional nutmeg is did it feel super overpowered i know the directional nutmeg in like offline modes or squad battles wasn't terribly effective so maybe it was hard to tell honestly i actually felt like it's really just similar to what you got if you double tapped the sprint button this year Uh, i don't know whether people know this but if you double tap it basically takes a big heavy touch the acceleration boost is not like crazy obviously the defender can do it as you said so i don't really see this being that op but obviously as we've said this is offline uh, it's hard to tell. The thing they have added, though, and I can talk a bit more about skill moves, is uh, the skilled bridge, uh, which is four-star or five-star. You hold the L2 or LT button and double-tap RB, R1, so you know just like uh, you would if you were doing a bridge. And it does it as almost like a heel-to-heel, but it's like a slightly wider animation, slightly, slightly more clunky-looking. But that, honestly, was a bit concerningly good against the AI. So... We'll have to see how that goes. Uh, it's really hard to say, as I say, not playing against a player, um, but it's something to give a try if you get your hands on, say, the beta or something like that. Um, give it a go. Obviously, it's something that they'll be monitoring, of course, and maybe if it's OP at the start and it's obviously OP, they'll at least take a look at it early on and, and patch it. But yeah, that that is a, that was a concern. Some of the other things you've got, which are kind of more traditional skills, I suppose, um, the scoop turn fake yeah i mean people know how to do a sort of running scoop turn if you hold the left stick the other direction you basically get this cut to it where they cut back the direction that they scooped from relatively simple to execute in terms of the buttons but maybe more complicated to get the angle right but it looks quite good not going to be super effective i don't think but again hard to tell the other one is actually uh, another spin type move and this is a five star one basically if you hold l1 r1 as the ball comes into you you can receive the ball standing still sort of on the inside of the player's foot and then start to rotate on the spot with the ball. You can hold it and then pass it off or or move out of the dribble. It, it looks really good and it's kind of, I guess, maybe a little hard to tackle, but it, it was quite hard again for me to tell. 
And then the other one is the four touch skill, which is kind of just like a couple of touches, which is going to change your position. It's, it's an easy one to pull off. Just hold LT, uh, flick the right stick back uh, twice, and that gives you uh, and that gives you that animation, which is kind of helpful. Might be an easy way to change your position, but not super fast or OP, I don't think. And that's four star. So yeah, those are the skill moves. The big one that a lot of people have been talking about. I, I saw some tweet saying that uh, you can no longer skill cancel. This isn't actually true. You can skill cancel, but things like the Lacroqueta, I don't think you can. I was trying to cancel it. It just didn't really cancel. You can maybe get a slightly shorter animation, but it's really not the same as it was. And the chaining is going to be much more difficult. But things like, for example, the uh, McGeady spin or the Berber spin, you can cancel that, but it, it looks much more natural than it did before. So it's not like jerky and weird. So I suppose they've thought, we're not going to remove it completely. We're going to you know, see whether we can adjust it. So it's not so painful to play against. Uh, does that sound okay, Japes? Or are you still concerned? I guess it is. A I mean, the concern's always yeah. got to be there, right? Like, <laughs> <Of course. laughs> let's, let's not, let's not sugarcoat it. The concern's defi definitely there. I, mm. I don't know, man. We'll see. Yeah, like clearly, clearly someone or I guess the group of people at EA believe that there is a reason it should be like that. Yeah. And, you know, like, who am I to say that they're wrong Yeah, at this point? It's a fair point. Uh, well, let's see how it goes with that one. So, yeah, that's um, new skills down, I think. One thing that I wanted to ask you just quickly, Ben, obviously me coming from the esports background and whatnot, I've seen rumors and innuendo that there might be some sort of competitive controls. Any more information on this? What, can you share anything so far? Yeah, yeah. So there was within the obviously this is kickoff so there was nothing set that you had to do but there is a competitive master switch and i did switch that on the whole time what it does is it means you cannot have contextual agile dribbling on um so you have to do the contextual dribbling yourself holding the rb button and auto clearances are off so you have to clear the ball yourself uh, auto flare passes are off uh, which some people actually put off anyway auto shots are off so you won't get those automatic shots when you're in and around the goal that the computer does because it knows you're going to score uh, if it takes it and, and as we have this year you cannot have uh, assisted headers on there's also manual only jockey so you can't have assisted jockeying which is a big one for people because most people will have had assisted jockey on probably this year they may if they're still playing want to try a uh, manual jockey and also a big one through pass assistance is on semi so Ooh. That, I assume, would be an attempt to make the through ball less overpowered because it's not going to have as much assistance. I think, Japes, that's something that we've talked about a lot this year, you know, having more manual controls. Shooting is not one of these. Um, there's still quite a few others, you know, passing still very much assisted. It's a step, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think it's a good step. I'm excited to see how it plays out. People, look, whenever they do something like this, there's going to be a huge learning curve. Mm. Change is hard and uh, it's uncomfortable. And that's absolutely going to be the sentiment to begin with. But I'm I'm hugely excited for these changes. I and it, it, look, this will all be second nature within a couple of months yeah, of the game yeah. releasing. So, you know, I think it's just a step in the right direction because we, you know, we, we talked previously about what we liked about last year. Like manual headers were something that we were like, yeah, that was a good improvement. I'm glad that they did that. It made the game feel mm. not only more rewarding scoring them, but also when someone did score them, you were like, all right, that was like really nice. And so, you know, with through balls and things like that as well, like assuming that that is the same like case like you know i'm gonna be like dang that was a nice pass yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and like you want to have experiences like that in a competitive game mode 
you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say on this though, and this is something I'm keen to speak to the gameplay producer about, whether it's on the podcast, of course, in the interview we often get to do, or just uh, as feedback, but it didn't feel as manual, the semi-assisted through balls, as they do this year. I've tried it quite a few times across this cycle, semi-assisted through balls, and it was quite challenging. This didn't feel that challenging, and while they were satisfying, they felt good. Again, it's hard to know not playing against a real player. I wasn't too happy. I wanted it to be more manual, I felt, considering how game-changing they can be. Uh, but, of course, this is all part of the tweaking process. I'm guessing they're going to add this to all of foot like they did with manual heading, Richard. So they'll want to be careful to some extent at first. Yeah, I, I think as well, one of the the fact that it's going to be sort of a, like a level playing field, do you know what I mean, as well? Like you're not going to have one person with mm. the manual settings on and the other person with the the normal settings. It's going to be across the board. So I suppose the quicker you adjust to it, you'll get a head start. No, I agree. I think, you know, as I said, if people are playing now, they may want to switch some of these things on. And um, let's get on to um, another somewhat related topic to do with controls. Second man press. I'm sure, Japes, you would have noticed this. It now has a time limit. So the player indicator comes up for the second man and they'll go to press but then the outside of the player indicator essentially drains away over time so they can only press for that amount of time and what i think this does is it means that you have a slightly stronger press than this year could be wrong but it felt slightly stronger but it's time limited for each player so you can't just sort of hold it and allow them to press for you which does seem you know a nice balance and also the other thing is that if you press R3, so that's the right stick in, you'll actually see a little indicator on the players for which direction to flick the right stick in to select that player, which is good because it is often a bit unclear which one you're flicking to. But there, I have quite a few criticisms of this. First of all, why not just have it as an option that's always enabled because it actually disappears after a short amount of time or once you flick. Why not have it so that that is always there when you're defending? Um, because it's not very intrusive. But the other thing is that the way the players are marked is with a little red arrow in the direction that you need to flick. And it's just really hard to read that. It's tough, dude. <laughs> but maybe for a newer player playing at a slower pace, it could be helpful. Maybe if you're playing, I don't know, squad battles or something like that, it might be a good way of learning. But then the fact you have to keep pressing in the right stick to get it on, it, it doesn't seem that helpful. And you know, feedback about it hopefully they'll make it so that you can have an option to just have it on all the time. That would make sense. And maybe change the colors of the arrows just to have a clear visual indicator for which way you want to go. But, you know, uh, player switching gets a lot of criticism, doesn't it, Japes? So I can see why they've done something about that to kind of make it more obvious. Look, like I, I think I would say I applaud the effort. I don't think anybody would say player switching is perfect, yeah, yeah. right, by like any means. So hopefully, like I think your suggestion could be a good one. But, you know, the second man press stuff is interesting. I like they're always trying to fine tune the balance between manual call it like manual defending and AI heroic interventions. So, you know, I, I hope this is a, a good change. I'll be curious to see what the like meta is, shall we say, long term. Mm. And, and talking defensively, I think there was something, a question or topic that you did want to bring up, actually, right? Yes, uh, I wanted to ask uh, what you thought about 
goalkeepers. Yeah. yeah, it was an interesting one because I did feel like, and this is something we said right last week, James, when we were talking about the gameplay features, it was good they were doing something about keeping because it's always felt a bit generic in a way. And yes, I felt using Schmeichel, Van der Sar, or Black, a few others, there was a noticeable difference between them. I don't know what you made of those differences, James. I know you didn't play too many games, but it did feel like it was noticeable. But at the same time, with these reworks, as I said last week, it's always a concern because there were some weird saves going on, some situations where the keeper just spilled the ball into the net. Um, I'm sure those are things that they're going to be looking to work on, though. Interesting. I felt like there was a difference that you would notice between good keepers and bad keepers. Yeah. So... I, yeah, it, I'm hopeful. It, it is one of those things where you're like, at this point, like they're on the right lines. Hopefully, uh, it'll be okay. Right. Anyway, someone asked a question: How does the heading and crossing work compared to 21? I felt like it wasn't really that different, Japes. I don't know. I know you uh, got called out by someone once who called you a crosser. I was a crosser. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the the aerial duels thing it has more of an impact there. Yeah, it may, that makes a difference. That's probably the biggest change to how it like all feels but i um yeah you know like uh i like it that i should say aerial duels like you won't know until you're playing other users but maybe it feels more like a skill mm. now yeah maybe so like crossing could be slightly more skill based but i you know i might be grasping at straws yeah there. yeah I don't, I, yeah it's hard to sell that um and the other thing we were asked as i'm sure we would be was dom saying ghost tackling does it happen as regularly as it did this year and i would say it's just impossible to tell, basically. It didn't happen at all when I was playing. But of course, you know, I'm not playing against real other players. I was playing against high caliber players and I was using high caliber players. Um, you know, the kind of stats that you'll see towards the end of a foot cycle. And I didn't see that stuff, the, the ghost tackles and the balls bouncing off players. But of course, yeah, if you're playing against a real opponent, then it could be different. So hard to say all that. Right. Anything else from you? Uh, rich that we may not have covered yet that you're interested to know anyone try any little whipped crosses to the back post the the r1 square yeah as jape said aerial duels wise it is kind of different to an extent although i don't know whether the outcome is especially different it just looks a bit different and the trajectory of the ball is a bit different on crosses and long passes but i, I it's hard to say how effective they are but they certainly look better I think for crossing, I'll probably leave it there because it's not something that I'm especially good at in the game this year. And I don't know how well it's going to translate to next year anyway. So I'll probably move on from that. But I think to wrap things up, because we want to talk a bit about Pez eFootball and the uh, interesting takes and the implications for FIFA of that, which is quite a significant change for them. But I did want to summarize, and I know, Japes, you gave your thoughts early on. And I did talk about the feeling of the gameplay more generally but I think what I didn't say was it was a lot of fun to play and that's something which is of course the reason ultimately why I play foot why I play FIFA is because it is enjoyable and in the past I've played offline kickoff before launch and I don't feel like it's been that compelling compared to how it felt this year because of this change to the animations to the fluidity that gives it not only a much better visual appearance and it feels more realistic but also that fluidity of player movement the way the animations have been added to and uh, well selected 
and stop that weird sort of semi-skate that you see in a lot of uh, gameplay from the past. And actually, you did see it in that eFootball trailer as well. I felt like that was really promising. And obviously, offline doesn't necessarily translate to online, but it certainly felt like a huge step, like they'd really taken advantage of the next-gen processing power that they didn't necessarily take advantage of for next-gen FIFA 21. So there is that step up, as Japes alluded to early on. And while I'm very positive about the game and it was very fun, we have to see how that translates to online play. But certainly the early signs I felt were more promising than experiences I'd had playing the game early in past FIFAs. So that's a good thing. Let's see how it goes, how the balancing goes, and look forward to getting hands-on with future builds and telling you about it where we can as well. So, uh, Richard, let's move on to this eFootball Pez stuff. Uh, do you want to give us a little top-level summary, perhaps? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think the the best thing I can do is um, just sort of give a quick synopsis. They tweeted out eFootball, so it's not called Pez anymore. Uh, signaling a new era of virtual football. It's going to be free to play mm. coming out this autumn. It's You can experience it from console, PC and mobile. They're saying it's going to be a fair and balanced experience for all players. It's Unreal Engine. They've got a new engine. There's lots more animations, etc., etc. And this tech is available across all platforms, not just next gen. And they're going to be delivering updates throughout the autumn and winter and whatnot. And I think, I mean, for me personally... They could do anything. I, pro- I still wouldn't really even <laughs> go near it. Yeah. But the the bigger sort of takeaway that I was saying from this is, do we see potentially FIFA going down a similar path in the future, mm. whether it's just even maybe Ultimate Team, FIFA Ultimate Team being a free-to-play part of the game? You download that, you install it, and then you buy FIFA as a different commodity, maybe for a reduced price. Um, I don't know, I just wanted to get people's thoughts on that and I'm, I'm sure there'll be a lot of discussion online as well. Yeah, well, I know, Hugh, you were watching the gameplay reveal trailer for the eFootball game and uh, I caught it as well. I was saying, I, I don't think it looks great at all. In fact, it looks pretty outdated when you compare it to the FIFA 22 gameplay reveal. And that is frustrating and it's disappointing in my view because I think it's really important that there's a strong gameplay competitor. But I guess Peza, they're going down a different route here. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where I think if you were told this was a brand new free-to-play football simulator that had come out, you'd say, all right, that, that looks pretty good. I mean, they've got some solid graphics, some solid animations. But if you were told that this was like the number two football simulator that has been out for I don't know, decades now that, yeah, I mean, it's, they took two years off to really try to improve this and it's just not, it just doesn't look very good. I mean, maybe it's a little different in game, but, and I get that it's free now, but it just, it doesn't look like something that's like even close to FIFA personally. And I know that sometimes people play Pez for different reasons that, you know, they prefer the way the gameplay plays and it's not just about like the graphics animations, but it almost looked like, you know, if you brought like a brand new video game and you had like a PC that was like seven years old that like wasn't really up to it anymore and you were trying to process these really high graphics, but it just wasn't keeping up. It kind of looked like that, like just choppy, not fluid, just kind of disappointing, like you said. Looks like FIFA Mobile on a 4K phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, unfortunately you're right. Japes, anything to add generally on Pez eFootball? Pez or eFootball, excuse me, making the game free is a step in the right direction mm. for me, right? Because you want to, it's going to, 
make the game more accessible to more players. So, you know, and they're swaying for the fences here. They've got, I believe, what, Messi, Neymar, is Bayern? Bayern, Yeah, Bayern, Barca, like, they're, they're really going for it here and making it free to play. Like, that, don't discount that. Mm. Like, do not discount that. And if they, you know, they haven't talked about, what's their ultimate team mode? My club, isn't it? My club, yeah, something yeah. like that. And so, so what I'll say is, even if the graphics don't measure up, if the game feels fun, balanced, and that mode is good and it's free to play, they are going to get market share mm, yeah, yeah. just by the barrier to entry is less. And the barrier to entry for Ultimate Team continues to move farther in the other direction with this, like, you know, so called like pay to win mentality, mm. right? Like, where more and more people are saying, I feel like I need to put some money into the game at the very beginning to stay competitive throughout the cycle. Mm. And for an entirely free-to-play game, like that's going the exact opposite direction. So, you know, I think it'll be really, really interesting to see how it plays out. Like I will absolutely give mm. eFootball a chance just to see what it's like. Because there's a lot of improvements and we've talked about them for FIFA 22 that we're all very, very excited about. But the core, like when I think about iconic FIFA games, they were the games that were just straight fun to play. Like, I don't care about the graphics. Mm. Like, I mean, I do, right? Like cool graphics are sweet. It's nice to look at like the next gen consoles, like improve that. But if the game is pure fun to play, then it's fun to play. So uh, I think, you know, the hope for everybody in the community is, that the like eFootball is good enough to push FIFA in a in a good direction. The the opportunity that they've gave themselves is is big in regards to look free to play cross platform. The the current sort of almost way to be successful at the minute is to do that. You go free to play, mm. you go cross platform, and you everything that FIFA fans are asking for, eFootball's delivering. Like we've been asking mm. for cross platform for what four or five years now. They they've gave it yeah. straight away. We've been asking maybe for a, a free to play, even if it's just ultimate team portion of the game. Volta would be yeah, I bet Volta, Volta would be free. Just, yeah. yeah. But for me, I like as a FIFA fan, the game would have to be unbelievable for me to jump over there and, and play it. Like it just wouldn't I don't know, it's just not something that interests me. I was probably the age demographic like a lot of people have got nostalgia with Pez, the mm. old Pez. I was probably that age demographic where it was just all FIFA. Like I never, I've never, never played Pez. I never even loaded it up. So like I've got no affiliation or anything to Pez. FIFA mm. could still be like average FIFA twenty two, and I would still play FIFA. Like that's just the way it is. There's always going to be a bit of that loyalty, isn't there? Yeah. Um, yeah. No. True. Hugh, do you want to say anything to wrap up this section and? Uh, before we wrap up the board, actually. Yeah, um, again, it doesn't look great to me, but I do think, as we've alluded to, that they do kind of know who they're targeting, which is, I think, not a, a FIFA Ultimate Team player. It's the casual person who probably isn't super into video games. They have a console, but they're not like a dedicated player. Maybe they don't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. There's someone who might watch a match and say, hey, that was a fun match. I want to fire up and play a game. Well, I can pay $60 and play FIFA or I can play Pez for free. And if you're a really casual gamer, is FIFA $60 better than Pez? Maybe not. I mean, if you just want to get on and mess around in kickoff mode, you're not a dedicated ultimate team player playing 
hours and hours per week. So I think that they do have, you know, a target audience in mind. And like you said, hopefully that pushes FIFA, even if it means that it forces FIFA to work on improving career mode because they see career mode players starting to switch to Pez because they don't think it's worth $60 to play career mode. So, you know, maybe yeah, maybe yeah. some good can come of it, even if it's not really close as a game. Yeah, well, it's funny, actually. I used to have a friend, and we were about 12, such an old man thing to say. He'd say, oh, well, I don't really care that much about the graphics. If I want good graphics, I'll go outside. And I do see what he's saying, and especially with stuff like Fortnite, they've really shown that that isn't so important. It's more about the fun and the accessibility of the game. And I think it's the CEO of Fortnite was saying, interestingly, stuff like Apex Legends, Call of Duty, their peaks don't cut into Fortnite's playtime, whereas FIFA's peaks actually do, which is incredible to think considering it's a paid game. Obviously, the age restriction or lack of is going to help, but it does show there is that potential market share there and something more Fortnite-like in the sense of its accessibility and perhaps some of its DLC and things like that could actually work quite effectively and could challenge FIFA, as I said, in in different ways. And uh, yeah, a really interesting discussion at the end here. I'm sure we'll talk about things like that again soon. And of course, we'll be talking FIFA 22 news as it comes and very much looking forward to that. For now, though, let's say our goodbyes. If you would like to catch more of these podcasts, then please do subscribe. And of course, if you would like even more, then do support via Patreon over at bit.ly slash more pod. For now, though, let's say goodbye to our guests. So, Japes, thank you very much, as always, for joining us. Uh, happy to be chatting FIFA 22 and, you know, hopefully looking forward to all the wonderful things to come. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, of course, Richard, great to have you back on the pod. It's actually been a bit of a while, so uh, nice to have you on. Thanks for your questions and insights on this one. Yeah, thank you very much for having me uh, at rbuckley 98 on all social media going into the uh, the FIFA 22 hype train. We'll be all over it. Mm, yeah, looking forward to it. Hugh, thank you very much as always for joining us and being part of the Foot Weekly community. I know you dropped a video recently which people were enjoying which is uh, tactics related. So if people are still playing or they want to maybe try that out on the beta or next year's game, um, we should point people in the direction of that uh, gameplay tutorial. Yeah, you can find that on my YouTube or if you're in the Discord, um, I've been posting the links in here. Just search Hubert with zeros instead of O's on YouTube. I'm sure you'll find it. Um, recently did videos uh, in FIFA recreations of real life, ta- real life tactics for Pep Guardiola and Marcelo Bielsa. So just having some fun, trying some new things, and hopefully some of these things can carry over into FIFA 22. Nice. Well, that wraps us up. And thank you very much to all you listeners for joining us on this podcast. Plenty more FIFA 22 news and discussion to come. And of course, to all you supporters out there for making this podcast possible. And to those icon patrons. Dave B, DJ FIFA player, Coach Vass, Hugh J, Thomas, Alan G, Alistair, Martin M, Jordan, Matt L, Chris W, David S, Liam B, Reese A, Harry P, Sam B, Adam G, Neil P, Jake G, Robbie S, Jake S, Damon H, Zach O, Tom B, Stephen F, Eric T, Christopher R, Jonathan P, Elliot M, Lee A, Paul, Johan P, Dominic, Rob P, Michael, Kraus, Adam A, Sam P, David C, Brian S, Sila P, Mikael L, Nishant, Dougie, Anthony R, Jeff B, Stephen M, Roger D, at Pace of a Tortoise, Stephen C, Andrew C, Dan W, Pobius, Sporkum, Bronco, Matt H, and Savage P. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Nick V, Hugh J, Tom M, 
Darren W and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Before I leave you though, just one more thing to add. FIFA is a bit like life really. It has its many ups and its many downs. And if you are having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice and support, or even just a chat available to anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, I'll catch you next time. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Podcast Network.